Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum more. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, I'm Tristan Riddell, and this is Punch It, Episode 7. With me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. I am super excited, Char. Do you know why? Do you know why I'm super excited? Please tell me why. Because we are writing a Star Trek episode on the fly, going back to the roots. Yeah, bringing it back. This is where it all began. This is where we are continuing to go. This is our wheelhouse. You know, I'm thinking, Char, I'm having an idea. I'm having a crazy idea. So you let me know if it's a little too crazy. I think, even though that this is punch it writing in pop culture, I think we should go back to Star Trek a little bit more than we originally planned. Okay, how do you mean? Well, I'm just thinking that you and I both love Star Trek. We love all of Star Trek, TOS, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and soon to be, hopefully, we will love Discovery just as much. I'm thinking because we have so many fans who love Star Trek just as much as we do, let's not make it an everyday thing, but let's, you know, let's do it on the regular. I'm just like, just feeling it out, you know? Okay, I'm with you on that because a lot of our listeners are also past to the journey listeners who listen to us on that show. They love Star Trek. We love Star Trek. There's no reason not to continue. Now, we have had some fun with other shows as of late, but I think we ought to make it so that on this show, we always do bring it back to Star Trek. And the nice advantage we have now is since we're not just focused on Voyager, we can do all of Star Trek. Absolutely. And there's nothing stopping us from saying, oh, hey, the latest House of Cards season dropped. Well, let's postulate what could happen after season five. You know, we still get to do that. It's our show. That's right, we get to do whatever we want. That's the joy of having our own podcast, and that is the fun of it. So today, we are going to write a Star Trek episode, and before the show, we decided we are going to do Enterprise. That's correct. Because we've not done this before, so that's exciting. Never. Yeah. Before we do that, though, we've got some housekeeping to take care of. So why don't we take care of that, and then let's delve into writing an episode on the fly. I hear you, so let's go ahead and start with the iTunes reviews. We asked, and you guys delivered. Thank you so much for all of your support. We've been getting so many emails, so many tweets, so many messages from you guys saying that you like Punch It, you like what we're doing, you like that we're focusing on pop culture as well as Star Trek, and we thank you so much because you guys have come in force, and we are people of our word, so we're going to list your guys' names on the show. First off the bat is Mr. 8-Bit. Now, we've heard that name before. Thank you so much for following us from To The Journey. We thank you so much for the five-star review. We also want to thank 17, Brian. There's one person. <laughs> I, this uh, It's hard to say, but I know what it stands for because they reviewed Nerd Nuptial not that long ago. It's Captain of Starfleet 
of the United Federation of Planets, but it's C-A-P-T-S-F-U-F-P. Only Star Trek fans would possibly understand that combination. I love it. I know, right? (laughs) That's great. Also, Rachel from St. Louis, a longtime listener of all of our podcast work, as well as other podcasts we're associated with. Thank you, Rachel. JD, 2088. Sean Dorman. S.E. Henning. Kessel Junkie. Hey, he sounds kind of familiar. He does sound familiar. This this other person sounds familiar, too. Dr. Sci-Fi. Hmm, where might we know him from? Hmm, somewhere on the interwebs. Somewhere. I think I listened to that podcast he does with his daughter, Goodnight Moon, which, if you ever need your faith restored in humanity, folks, listen to that podcast. It's so adorable. It's something he does with his four-year-old daughter. Yes, absolutely. It's not a part of the nerd party, but you guys need to check it out. Goodnight Moon. It is so much fun. It's really short, but it's really heartwarming. And finally for today, we have to thank MRushing02. Again, we might know where this guy comes from. I think I've listened to a few podcasts, maybe been on a couple podcasts with him. Thank you so much, buddy. Yes, we, we want to thank everybody who gave us five-star reviews. Please go to iTunes, find Punch It, give us a review. You can give us any review you like, but if you give us a five-star rating and a review, we'll mention you on the podcast. And after you find all of our shows on iTunes, please give them a listen because we have so many great shows coming at you at the Nerd Party. We have two, count them, two Star Wars shows with Aggressive Negotiations and Great Shot Kid. We have my other show that I host with my wife called Nerd Nuptial. We got our general geek podcast called Filibuster. We also have a Star Trek dedicated podcast called SETI Alpha 3. And we also have a really high concept interview show called Missing Frames. I have to say, I have been binging on Missing Frames, catching up. And this is quickly becoming one of my favorite podcasts ever. I love the idea where people who have never seen one of the most popular movies of all time watches it for the first time. They do a before interview, and then after they view the movie, what they thought of it. Such a great freaking idea for a podcast, and the execution is just brilliant. And I just listened to, right now it's the most current release on Christmas Vacation, and uh, I'm digging it so much. This is such a great podcast, you guys, so check it out for sure. Also, I'm kind of partial to the podcast art because it's reminiscent of one of my favorite music videos of all time. And if you know which one I'm alluding to, well, you just know. (laughs) Yes, everybody should check it out. Everyone should check out Missing Frames as well as all of the ones that we listened. But stay tuned on Punch It! because we're about to clean the whiteboard. (laughs) All right, let's make this happen. Let's write a Star Trek episode on the fly. Let's punch it. Let's do Enterprise. Enterprise! The first time we are tackling this particular show, this particular set of characters. I'm very excited about this. Now, one thing I want to know right off the bat to get us started, I want to know if you have a favorite character on Enterprise. Oh, okay. See, with Enterprise, hmm. I have mixed emotions when it comes to Enterprise. I love the show. Don't get me wrong. Love the show. Love the storylines. I think it gets a bad rap. I think it's an extremely underrated Star Trek show. Highly underappreciated. Highly. But if I'm going to be honest with myself, I think one of the key things wrong with Enterprise was the casting. And not only the casting, but the characters that they illustrated on the show. And so for me, there's a lot of characters I don't really like that I'm just kind of like, oh, you're boring. Like if you look at Deep Space Nine, there's some you like more than others, but if you look at Voyager, I love all the characters. You look at TNG, every single one's a winner. At Enterprise, you're just like, oh my God, you are so boring. Stop talking. You know, like there's there are characters that I feel that way towards. (laughs) Okay, so do tell who are the characters that you just are not that into. You know what? I kind of want to focus on the positive. 
Oh, okay, well, here's where I'm going with this, is maybe we can give some much-needed love to some of the characters that didn't get a whole lot on the show, because I feel that the characters on Enterprise, and let's just, let's call out their names, Travis. Travis is always the, at the top of the list. All we know about this poor guy is that he was born in space, and that his he's comes from a freighter family, that's all we know. Oh, and he had an affair with some journalist lady. Yeah, a tryst. We found that out in season four. That's it. That's all we know about the poor guy, and... Anthony Montgomery, as a person, the actor who played him, he's just a beautiful person. He's so positive. He's got such great energy. Like, if you meet him at a convention, he'll take the time to talk with you and just chat with you, give you an autograph, all that fun stuff. But his character, yeah, we we got nothing. And they just, I feel like, didn't know what to do with him at all. You know what? You sold me. Let's do it. Let's punch up Travis's character. All right. Okay, this is kind of what I was hoping we would do, and I didn't necessarily have Travis as the target, but I just thought, let's give some love to somebody who frankly didn't get much love on this show. But if there's anybody on Enterprise who needed love, by gosh, it was Travis. Oh my gosh, so, so very, very much. Just to answer your question, if I had a favorite character, it would probably be Trip. Okay, I love Trip too, and I actually, I ship Trip and Paul big time. Oh, I would say behind Janeway and Chakotay, those two, oh yeah, they, they totally needed to make out. Absolutely. But also, you know who my favorite is behind Porthos? Flox. Is Flox. Oh, nailed it. Dr. Flox. Yeah, optimism, Captain. Such a great dynamic character played by a very talented actor. And uh, of course, he has that gigantinormous CGI smile, which, oh yeah, you know, it might be a little cheesy, but it warms my heart. It really does. I just love it because it's alien. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I loved it. Some people called it cheesy. Some people called it annoying. And I was like, no, you are wrong. This is so much fun. Because those are the little added extras that was very unique to Enterprise. Like, we didn't really get any of that before. No, and I would even venture to say, and I don't mean to insult you here, but I would say this is Neelix done right. I know how much you love Neelix, but when it comes to portraying a completely alien alien mm-hmm. with an alien culture and different customs and all that this was done right you know i can't argue with you i mean like there were things that were wrong about neelix i mean i always say that whenever we did to the journey whenever we talked about voyager and we talked about neelix i always said i was an unabashed lover of neelix but at the same time i completely understood where people were coming from with their hatred for Neelix or with their dislike <laughs> of Neelix. And you're right. Phlox is that type of alien. They even kind of look kind of similar. Yeah, a little bit. Is that character done right? Because he's able to have that optimism. You know, he's able to have that emotion and, and take care of the general well-being of the ship without coming across as annoying. Mm-hmm. And Neelix sometimes could. Let's, yes. let's be honest with ourselves. That sometimes that could happen. Right. Neelix was a little overbearing, whereas Dr. Phlox had a little bit of restraint. He was wise enough to know when to step in and when to butt out. Neelix did not. Now, I can't wait until we do an Enterprise punch it and focus on Phlox because I really want to talk about his relationship dynamics. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are so many things going on there with multiple wives and families. Uh, Even he admits it's a lot of work to maintain it. We do need to delve into that sometime. But let's get back on track now. Let's talk about Travis Mayweather. Okay. With such little of a base, we could go anywhere with this guy. We really could. All we need, the only things that we can't contradict are he's the helmsman. Yeah. He is a boomer and he comes from a freighter family. That's it. That's all all we have to do. (laughs) It's almost like not enough constraint. There's not a whole lot of ground rules here. 
So is there some pankering you have on where we want to maybe focus development on Travis? Maybe narrowing down a time frame would be a good idea. You know, a lot of people dissect Enterprise into different parts, like seasons one and two are a group, the Zindi arc is a group, and then there's season four. You know what? Let's do post-season four, but before these are the voyages, let's do Romulan War Travis. Oh, let's determine what Travis was doing. Yes, yes. Okay. We could have so many moments where Travis grows as an individual. He gets more mature. Maybe he gets a little jaded. We don't know. You know, yeah. like we could do anything with his character because even less was revealed of him in These Are the Voyages. Because they were... I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that was revealed about Travis in These Are the Voyages is that he got his name on his shirt. That is it. That is all that was illuminated. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Really? Like we had to focus on TNG characters at the expense of Enterprise. It wasn't right. And also, spoiler alert, Trip dies for no good reason. Are you bleeping me? <laughs> I am so glad in the novel verse, they basically just say flat out, that did not happen. That is BS. Yeah, it's true. It's so happy that it happened. So let's do that. So it's it's post-season four, but before the season finale of season four, the series finale. And I don't want to do like the beginnings of the Romulan War. Let's just say that we're entrenched in the Romulan War. So this is a war story. I agree. Let's do this during the course of the war. So with Travis being a pilot, is he still piloting a ship? Is he in combat? Because I could see him being in some combat. Yeah, that's the thing. I want to see him in some combat. Like, part of me wants to make a story that's kind of like, I don't want to say like Alice from Star Trek Voyager, where Paris gets connected with a with a ship. I want to put him in a fighter, and I don't know why. Like, I want him to fly Enterprise, but at the same time, when the crap hits the fan, I want him to jump into a fighter, and I don't know why. Don't hold me to this, because this might not make sense. Now, they don't have that kind of fighter technology that we've seen. Like, the best that they have is those little shuttle pods, which are cool, but not good in a fight, obviously. No. I'm thinking, what if they're teamed up with the Andorians against the Romulans, uh-huh. and they need competent pilots, and so Enterprise loans Travis to the Andorians to help lead a fighter squadron or something like that. I like it. It's sort of like uh, it's sort of like an Andorian exchange program, almost like on TNG when Riker went to go with the Klingons for a little while. Let's do that. Let's do that. Bam. And so there's an there's an Andorian helmsman on Enterprise. Ooh. Oh yeah, because Archer is going to be really. He's going to have some mixed feelings about that a little bit, and he's had to deal with Shran, of course, mm-hmm. to make this happen. And things are always a little shaky at best with that. But they have to do it for the greater good. Let's frame it this way. Like some people are saying like, okay, it's wartime. Why on earth would you be swapping people out? You know, that's not the time to be experimenting or playing war games or anything like that because you're actually in war. You need people you can depend on. I say the reason that we can put behind it, besides the fact that it's our freaking episode, is (laughs) that the Andorians need to teach some maneuvers to Enterprise and other Starfleet ships and... Travis needs to teach them some fighter maneuvers. Yes, that that makes plenty of sense. Cross-training, they have different techniques, and to basically make everybody better, they are sharing their information. Yeah, that's the thing, is that like if we're going to work together, we need to learn each other's tactics so we can speak the same language, figuratively, of course, mm-hmm. and like this is an opportunity where we can say, because even though he was born on a freighter, 
we have no idea what he did at the academy. What if Travis is a genius fighter pilot? Yeah, maybe like, yeah, he's not really had his chance lately to get his feet wet in combat, but really moving fast, the tactical maneuvering and having to fire at the same time, maybe that's really just something he digs so much like for all we know he's got a freaking playstation in his quarters and he's playing combat games all the time we could say that (laughs) because we flat out don't know anything about travis yeah maybe he just loves it it's he's an adrenaline junkie maybe he just digs it let's use that though i think we could use make that a part of the story where the andorian that comes over has all the experience but it's he's not paul he or she is not polished and so like starfleet kind of helps him him or her polish all that experience into good executed technique. And then Travis on the Andorian ship, he's green. Like he is a genius pilot, a great fighter pilot, but never been in combat in a fighter uh, exchange before. Oh, I like that. Different dynamics at play, but it's going to make them both better, both of these pilots. Yeah. Now, we are theoretically maybe now talking about the story of two pilots. Do we want to kind of have an A plot and a B plot going back and forth with their different learning experiences. I like that. I like that idea. I think we should mainly focus on Travis. Yes. But we could throw in some what also is happening on Enterprise with this Andorian. So what do you think, male or female for the Andorian? I think female. I'm kind of going that way too because we've had so many exchanges with Shran. Now we have had some really cool female Andorians on the show before. Yeah. But I'm with you. Like my knee jerk is like, yeah, let's go with a female pilot. Just add that different dynamic. Like, now I'm not saying let's add sexual tension between the female pilot and Archer because that's what everybody does. No. But maybe that'll add a different layer of tension between it. Now, again, not sexual, just gender differences. Okay. Yeah, that will. And just the mere fact that she's an Andorian, I think, is enough for Archer. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> maybe there's tension in other areas with different members of the crew. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's not assimilating terribly well on a mostly human vessel. I like the idea of where she is willing, but at the same time, that's not enough, where she is having a hard time assimilating even if she's trying. Because we don't see that perspective too much. It's always like, oh, the alien's over, and it's just like, well, this is how I do things. Yeah, maybe we see her genuinely trying, and it's still not going very well, and she... How is this going to make her feel? Is it going to make her even more determined to try and make this work? Or is it going to break her down? Yeah. So let's let's give her a name. Okay. Andorian names. I don't exactly have the Andorian baby name book handy. I'm going to say Talon. Sounds good to me. It almost sounds Vulcan, but it sounds Andorian too. Completely made it up on the spot. Look at you. Okay. So we got Talon in the exchange program. She agrees to come over because she's eager. She's all about it. She's like, I want to learn about humans. I want to learn about Enterprise. I have tons and tons of pilot experience. Like, I have been the con officer of this Andorian fleet, and I want to give you guys this knowledge. Like, let's make this a positive interaction, but negative at the same time because she's having a hard time communicating. Like, maybe she just does things. Ooh, yeah. Or just, yeah, maybe we have some kind of, like little bit of a language barrier, a custom barrier, where she automatically starts doing some things the Andorian way and does not realize that it's different Mm -hmm. for humans and Vulcans to do different things. She's not accustomed to their rituals whatsoever, and it's a complete misunderstanding because this is her first time doing this sort of thing. Maybe she and Phlox have a really good conversation about, look, I had no idea that working with humans was going to be this crazy or this difficult or what have you. Yeah. 
how do I make this work? How do you make it work, Dr. Flox? I like that. Okay, so let's save that scene for later. Let's hold on to that. Yes, yes. Let's transition over to Travis. So we have that opening scene between Tran and Archer. Actually, no, screw that. No, it's an opening scene with Archer and an admiral on subspace. Okay. Where they're like, just so you know, like the Romulan War is going okay, but it could be better. We need more cohesion as a fleet. We need more synergy. We need to work together more. And Archer's like, well, I'm fine. You know, like, I'll work together. It's them. It's the Andorians that are giving us a hard time and everything like that. And he said, he's like, the Admiral goes, there's enough blame on both sides to go around. So we're enacting a temporary exchange program of pilots. And so you need volunteers. And Archer's like, fine, fine. And so he goes and... Right, like, you're not giving me a real choice on this, are you? I'm going to go with it, but with my teeth maybe just a little bit clenched. Yeah, he's like, maybe they can learn something from us. I don't know if we'll be able to learn something from them. I don't know if Archer's that gruff, but it's something along those lines. It's something sarcastic (laughs) like that. Yeah, maybe maybe just a notch down, but on those lines, Yeah, a notch. You're right, a notch down. That's a little bit too gruff for Archer, but... Yeah. So... Then Shran comes over and he's like, do you really want to do this? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then like Shran and Archer can commiserate just a little bit like, okay, how long are they going to do this? Maybe like eight weeks? Can you stand oh. to be without your pilot for eight weeks? Really? Are you, are you sure about this? And Archer is probably just going to say something like, yeah, I guess so. You? Yeah, I guess so. Eight weeks is a long time. Exactly. We're going to put him through the ringer. I don't know if we should do it that long. No? If we did eight weeks, we'd probably have to say, okay, this is a three-episode arc like they did in season four. And mm. I don't know if we want to do that for this podcast. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, we we can't. Let's do two. Two episodes? I'm Oh, I was thinking one, but. No, 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 no. I'm saying two weeks. Let's do two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, that might be just enough to absorb some information, but enough to encapsulate one episode. Yeah, I say it's it's two weeks. It's not that horrible because they're going to be flying in tandem. It's a squadron that's working together. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So maybe that raises some questions too. Of like, okay, if we can't even survive two weeks, you know, I could always go back to my ship if this really doesn't work out. But right. that's sending a very awful message. That's true, that's true. Yeah, we need to add that into it. Like maybe the Admiral says like, listen, you need to stick it out for the full two weeks because if you don't, that will reverberate through the fleet as well as to high command saying that we can't cut it. We can't work together. And if we can't work together, we're not going to win this war. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Absolutely. And of course, you don't want that news getting back to the Romulans either, because they'll exploit the heck out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really crucial in that conversation, maybe, between Archer and the Admiral. And then that is crucial between Shran and Archer, where it's like, okay, people need to volunteer, but we also need to select people that we know we can work with. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about Travis. Is he excited about this? Is he a little nervous? What are his feelings about going on the Andorian ship? I think he's not as eager as Talon. I think Talon is the one who wants to jump at the chance, but has the language barrier, has the custom barrier. But Travis is a little bit less sure of himself. Like, he's he's eager to do it. He wants to please his captain, 
But at the same time, he's like, Archer comes up to him and says, hey, I'm looking for volunteers. I'm hoping I don't have to find anybody else because I'd like you to do it. He says, don't you want me here, sir? He's like, of course I want you here. Your place belongs here. But you are the only one that has fighter experience. He's like, well, I don't know if I could call it experience, sir. All of it was in simulated war games. I never, I've never actually seen any real combat. Bam. Yeah. He scored off the charts like at Starfleet Academy with that. Maybe he's the one who started uh, uh, Red Squad or something or whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Based on that one little tidbit, Archer says, I want you to go and do this and show off your potential. I think you're capable. I believe in you. And of course, Travis is going to say, okay. But he's going in a little nervous. Plus, also, he has a bunch of Andorians now he's got to impress, as well as his captain. His plate's full. Oh, yeah. Like, that's another thing that makes Travis nervous is Archer tells him, he's like, you cannot show any of this doubt over on the Andorian ship. Right. You have to be confident and show them that you're confident. Show them that you know what you're doing. Because the thing is, is that no human has ever worked a fighter like this. No human has has worked a a fighter that has this kind of response time and this kind of agility. And so we need the best of the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a, a completely different piloting experience on, on top of that. There's going to be a learning curve. So I have a feeling the first time out that Travis is doing this, there's going to be some stumbling along the way. He might even embarrass himself a little. Yeah, I like that idea. I think like in the middle, like he starts to embarrass himself. So let's, okay, so... They agree to do it. They have the conversation with Travis. Travis agrees to do it. Now we need to have the first meeting between Archer and Taylan. Okay. What is this meeting going to be about necessarily? Is it like a get to know you? uh, Or is it a debriefing? Because we've kind of already mapped out the objective of this whole thing. So we don't need that information again. No. So let's skip ahead a little bit so that they've already selected it. Archer's already met with Taylan. He's already selected her. Shran approves. Travis they have dinner in the captain's mess. And that's where the weird customs kind of come into play. Now, refresh me if we know anything about this, about Andorian meal customs. Anything? I don't. And if anybody is listening and we get anything wrong, please forgive us. We had no idea we were going to be talking about Andorians. We did not do any (laughs) research. So if we get something wrong, please forgive us and just go with the story. Go with the flow. Go with the plot. Yeah, and then... Go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, email us, and let us know what we did wrong, and we can make a correction later on. Absolutely, yes. We want to know that stuff because we know Star Trek fans are nitpicky because we are nitpicky just like you. Yes, and we want to learn. But yes, we do these episodes on the fly. We're making it up as we go, so we have no idea where they uh, start and finish until it's done. Now, Char, one other place that they can go besides thenerdparty.com slash contact is... Our partners over at Loot Crate at LootCrate.com slash NerdParty. Guys, this is so much fun. This is such a great service. The reason why we're talking to you about it is because we believe in the service. We do not give you anything that we do not believe in. And this is so much fun. It's LootCrate.com slash NerdParty. If you go there, you will find a great Geekbox subscription service where they will send you Funko Pops, T-shirts, comic books, action figures, some of this exclusive, some of this stuff that you can only get from Loot Crate, and all of it is licensed, and you can get $40 worth of merchandise for less than $20, and if you go to LootCrate.com slash NerdParty, enter in code NerdParty, you'll save even more money off of that. This month's theme is Revolution. So you're going to see a lot of really cool stuff there, and you know if you have been listening to the NerdParty for a long time, you understand 
that revolution is a theme where if you join the revolution, you join the nerd party. So please go to lootcrate.com slash nerd party, enter in code nerd party at checkout, save some money. And it's a great Christmas gift too. Could not be a better time for that right now. Absolutely. All right. So we're in the dinner scene. I'm thinking Trip and T'Pol are there as well. What do you think? Absolutely. What about Reed? Is he there too? I don't think, I think that's too many people. Okay. Like we had a lot of dinner scenes and T'Pol and Trip were always staples at the captain's mess. Yes. So this is not a general meet and greet with the senior staff. This is with the top three, basically. Yeah, this is with Archer saying, hey, I, you know, like I like to dine with my subcommander as well as my engineer. We, we go way back. And if you're going to excel here, you should really get to know them. And then maybe that's where Talon is like, you eat together. Oh, I like it. Yeah, maybe Andorians eat in solitude. Like, it's a huge taboo to eat around other people. Well, I don't want to call it a taboo because we have seen that on Enterprise before. Oh, okay. Where there was a scene where there was a uh, there was a culture that was so... They were walking out. They're like, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. We cannot believe you <laughs> did this in front of us. And they had no idea what it was. And they found out at the end of the show. It was because they ate in front of them. They, they kept comparing it to mating. It's like mating. We do this privately. Oh, right, right. Okay, I vaguely remember this. Let's make it a rank thing where I would never eat with a captain. I would never eat with a lead engineer. I would never eat with the sub commander or the first officer. Like it's only top brass eat with each other. Only, you know, middle management eat with each other. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, are you serious? Am I allowed to do that? And Archer's going to be like, yeah, yeah, this is an earth custom. You are welcome. I am inviting you. Yes. Yeah, that kind of thing. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's a very Archer thing to do. So they're having dinner. I think there's going to have to be some issues with the food involved. Yes. I think Archer's smart enough to do his research on what Andorians can eat. Mm -hmm. But I think he's also human enough to (laughs) err in what they use to eat. Yes. I like it. So maybe he has maybe adjusted the menu a little bit to accommodate Andorian tastes a little bit or just something Mm -hmm. to make her feel a little more at home. However, maybe Andorians don't use a fork. For instance. Yes. Like, what if it's, uh, what if Endorians only eat with their hands? And so it's a reverse situation with, <laughs> that T'Pol was in. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. T'Pol is very finicky. I mean, she can't even touch her food hardly. And then meanwhile, like, the Endorians, they're just like, yeah, they're grabbing platefuls of pasta with their hands. And it's just, it's really messy and it gets all over. And T'Pol is disturbed. And T'Pol can't help herself. She's giving this look. Like, really? <laughs> well, see, I, I like this idea because they're trying to be polite. And the thing is, though, is that I don't want to give this image that she's like, quote unquote, savage or slovenly, where she's actually quite refined at eating pasta with her hands. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she like she does it really well. And it's surprising how, uh, how well she does it. Yes. And she is they're just staring at her. Watching this refined skill, I mean, it is it is a little sloppy, but she's doing it with enough skill with her hands. Like, wow, we've never <sighs> seen this before. So she kind of cuts two eventually, and is something wrong? Yeah. And so then there has to be that awkward moment of, I've just never seen anybody eating <laughs> pasta with their hands like that before. And she's like, oh, is that wrong? It's like, yeah, what are you doing? You're like, like, what are you using that, you know, that silver for? Like, what are you, like, what's that for? Or, yeah, maybe she kind of looks at their plates and sees that they're using the silverware. And she's like, oh, you use that thing. And then she has to kind of struggle with it. 
Yeah. And Archer shows her how to use the utensil and all that. And but it doesn't even occur to her at first to do that just because she's so used to using her hands. I love that. And I think this scene is going to be much shorter than how we're describing it because this is really just kind of a foreshadow. This is the tip of the iceberg. This is showing the audience that there is going to be adjustment. Like this is going to be different. Yeah, I think we're getting into the nuance of it just kind of because it's so much fun. Yeah. But this is definitely going to be that defining part of the episode where it's going to show that, yeah, there's going to be some barriers that have to be broken down. So let's go ahead and go back to the Andorian ship. Travis is on the Andorian ship. He does not eat in the captain's mess. You know, he does not eat with Shran. Right. There is no formalities. He goes straight to work. Like as soon as he beams on board, they say, okay, this way to the docking bay and he goes he's like don't you want to show me my quarters first he's like why do you need to take a nap (laughs) and he's just no sir (laughs) yeah yeah you like he yeah he hops to it he recognizes that this is his superior and it's basically like he's back at the academy where it's just it's much more formal than on enterprise where he like he sees a superior officer he salutes he stands attention whenever he's around because on the Enterprise, it's a little bit more lax. It's a little bit like, hey, yeah, come on over. Let's have some breadsticks, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and we will actually maybe see a contradiction a little bit in showing that Travis looks like maybe he's adapting much better than Talon is and maybe leading up to some embarrassing simulator thing. Maybe uh, to start off, they put him through simulations just for like 10 hours straight. Yeah. And then they finally come in and they're, they tell him, all right, you can go now. <laughs> you know, you survived yeah. our first test. Go to your quarters and take a nap now. I like that idea of that. He's like, he's like, okay, let's put you in the simulator first. Let's see what you can do. He said, he's like, oh, I can do simulator. Yeah, yeah. And he knocks it out of the park. The Andorians are actually impressed. Like, it is not easy to impress an Andorian. Yeah. And he says, and I've always wanted to make this joke. But the Andorian says, man, I had no idea that a pink skin could fly like that. And he goes, what? <laughs> and so the it goes so well. He's like Neo in the simulator where they're just like, holy crap, he knows Kung Fu, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then the next day, I think this is how we can structure the episode where we have the introductions and then we have the simulation at the beginning that goes really well for Travis. Then we have actually in the ship, he has to fight his teammates, his... Uh, his compatriots like he has to fight other andorians yeah like it's a drill yeah yeah that kind of thing and that he screws up i want to see him screw that up yes that's where he's embarrassed and shran just can't contain his disappointment he just thought this would go so much better than it did and uh what the hell there travis yeah that's the thing so he's in there he's nervous And because he's so nervous, he screws up. Like, it just, it doesn't feel the same. He can't adjust to it fast enough. Yeah, like, maybe there's more of a learning curve to, like, the actual, like, as opposed to a simulation. Sort of like when you do the simulator when you learn to drive. But actually getting in the car is a completely different thing. Something screws up right off the bat, and that just sets him off for missteps the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, it's like a trickle-down thing, where it's just like, he Mm -hmm. makes one big screw-up, and then he just can't gain it back. Right. And... Let's go back to Taylon. How does Taylon screw up? Or does Taylon screw up or does she succeed really well, but in a bad way? How I'm thinking is, Mm. tell me if this sucks. Maybe they're in a drill with the fighters. Enterprise is cooperating with the drill and Taylon just does something. Like she does not wait for permission. She just does it. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, because maybe 
Tran trusts his pilot enough to know which maneuver to make and, you know, if X happens, do Y. Right. Whereas Archer wants to be the one to say, I want dispersal pattern alpha. Yeah, he says, he's like, he's like, okay, dispersal pattern alpha. And at the last second, she she doesn't even say anything. And she does dispersal pattern omega. She changes it up, sort of like calling an audible in football, in American football. And she makes the call rather than him. And that is not okay. And it works. And it works. But Archer's like, what the hell? I gave you this order. You did that. Yeah. And she says, but it worked, didn't it? Yeah. And he says, that's not the point. <laughs> he says, he's like, he's like, I want to see you in my ready room. You know, like that kind of whole business. Yeah. 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 So maybe he has to dress her down just a little bit. And she tries her best to explain herself. But Archer has to say, look, I don't want you doing that again. Yeah. But the thing is, like, right when he says that, I don't want you doing that again. And she goes to open up the door. Shran is standing there outside his ready room. Ooh, nice twist. And like he says, he's like, what's going on here? And Archer's like, it's handled. And then she walks out. He walks in. He's like, what are you doing here? He said, I don't think Travis is going to work out. Yeah, Shran's there to say, uh, Travis, did you see what he was doing out there? And yeah. maybe Archer acknowledges, yeah, he didn't look the best out there. But hey, give the guy a chance. Yeah, that's where it comes from, where he goes, hey, I'm giving Taylon another chance. You need to give Travis another chance. Yeah. And Shran goes, yeah, but Taylan screwed up and achieved something. Your guy, Travis, screwed up and failed the mission. Right. And so the optimistic part of Archer, I think, is going to come out and say, that means Travis has that much more room for improvement. You need to stick with him. He will get this. Let him succeed. And meanwhile, with Taylan, I think ultimately her big triumph is simply going to be fitting into the crew a little bit. Yes. And I think uh, so the next scene is after they have the dressing down. Taylan goes to the mess and eats with Phlox, like you talked about. And we have, Tra- what is Travis doing? Because each storyline is a parallel. Yeah. Uh, is Travis maybe wanting to join his group of peers, but is not being invited? So he's by himself, feeling a little isolated. Maybe he's not feeling terribly welcome, but you know, he's trying to take it in stride. I like that where it's kind of different experiences where Taylan achieved but screwed up and is lamenting it but gets the comfort of another crew member with flocks and they give the whole Mm -hmm. you know like humanity's entering interesting kind of speech you know like that whole thing and yeah then we have travis who tries to interact but then they're they're both kind of like dude you eat over there right that's where people of your rank go eat or something like that yeah maybe some passive aggressive bullying just a little bit yeah bullying might be a strong word but more like adhering to the rules putting him in his place i guess is more there you go yes i like that not bullying but that okay and so he uses that time how does he use that time instead of instead of sulking instead of lamenting instead of going to the andorians for advice like taylan went to flocks for advice he takes things to his own hands he he doesn't want to spend more time in the simulator Mm -hmm. what if he goes out on his own takes the fighter out and does his own maneuvers like maybe that's the thing where you say "Ooh, okay idea what if since he basically goes and eats alone by himself because he's not really welcome even among his own peers on the andorian ship he does some research on how he can maybe earn his stripes among the andorian crew so maybe for him it's taking the initiative and showing that he is not only going to improve but he's going to succeed and he's going to put in some hard-ass work. I like that. And I think 
I think it absolutely needs that bit where Endorian's respect initiative, they're not going to call to you. They're not going to show you what how it's done. You're going to figure it out yourself. Yeah. I do kind of want to retroactively do something where what if the thing that tripped Travis up is that in this fighter, there were certain hand controls and they said, okay, it's formulated this way. Mm-hmm. And Travis is like, oh, this would be so much easier if you did it this way. And they're like, listen, human. <laughs> Don't tell us what to do. We're handling the ships. You handle the piloting. This is how it's going to be done or something like that. And Travis is like, well, the whole reason why I'm over here is so that we can exchange different ways. And they're like, okay, come on, just do it. And so that's what screws him up is that he can't get a good handle on it. Uh-huh. And so he finally gets into the fighter and changes the settings the way that he wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And then just he's outside just running loops and, and running wild and just showing off. Yeah, running circles around everybody at this point. Yeah. Maybe even outsmarting Taylan. Yeah, like if you wanna if you wanna do another war game, yeah, we can do another war game where Oh wait. No, we can't. We can't do another war game, but maybe the you know what gets real. And suddenly they're in a combat situation. Like maybe the Romulans see this group of ships and decide, let's engage. So this is not a drill. Yeah, I think that's a natural next step. That's definitely where we're going. But there's got to be some place in the middle. Like maybe when he's out there, like he's out on his own and he is just flying like a champ. And he's just like, yeah, this is the way to do it. And that's when all of them descend. Yeah, I was thinking maybe this is going to be starting out as another drill. But then the Romulans show up and, oh, oh, this, oh, 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 okay, we're not playing around anymore. This is actually happening. Let's go. Very much like an Ender's Game type thing. Starts out like a war game, but then you find out it's real. Yeah, yeah. surprise. Oh, I love it. Okay, that's great. Now, we've had the conversation with Flox. She feels rejuvenated. She She's optimistic. She gets back in the helm. And then we have Travis who's out there. He's feeling it. He's feeling the flow. So they're both in a good place. Mm-hmm. And then the Romulans descend. Things are going crazy. They have fighters of their own. They also have ships of their own. Everybody's flying around. It is a madhouse. It's like the end of Return of the Jedi. There's just ships all over the place. <laughs> and so what does Talon do to show off but still adhere to Starfleet standards? Ooh, good question. What if instead of just going off on her own with her idea, she suggests to Archer why her idea works better and Archer comes to, like maybe he gives her an order and she says, like she has a pause. You know, she kind of like, no. And then she has that moment of reckoning where, but what if we did this instead, Archer? And it takes him a moment to realize why she's suggesting it. And he says, yeah, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. Let's do that. I like the framework. Let's simplify it just a little bit where it's in the heat of battle. She's flying like crazy. He suggests something. He says, okay, Omega Delta. And as she's flying, it just happens. Like, it's basically what you said, but just real fast. She's like, no, I know this one. Please trust me. I know exactly what the Romulans are doing. I've seen this before, Archer. And he hasn't. So he's, he's like, okay, I trust you. Go. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what happens. Where Bam. So there's a little growth in Telana where she vocalizes what she wants to do. But there's also growth with Archer because he trusts this person because she has proven herself before. Oh, I like it so much. Okay, that's great. So then for Travis, his success is showing the initiative and then showing Mm -hmm. that, yeah, he can fly like a madman. He's really great in combat. And maybe he like he has kind of like the, the game winning shot that ultimately gives them victory in the battle and the Romulans retreat. Yeah, I like that. Talon comes in. She's able to block the Romulan ship from the Romulan fighters 
so that they're kind of a wedge so that their fighters have the ability to pick them off mm -hmm. and without disruption from the major major ship. Yeah. Also showing some working together. Exactly. And so, so you know that whole thing, we're stronger together. And so Travis is just flying like a bat out of hell. He's just doing maneuvers they've never seen before, just taking out fighters left and right. And then the battle is won. They're in the docking bay. And everybody comes up to him and says, you are going to see a lot more people do maneuvers like you just did because we now know what these fighters can do. Travis and Shran are going to have a conversation after the battle, you know, and Shran will be, wow, smooth moves out there. What did you do differently? Yeah. And so Travis will say, well, I changed the controls a little bit to suit me a little better. Now we have settings for human and Andorian to make it work best for the way we approach things. And that's when Shran will say, I really admire your initiative. Well done. So then he earns Shran's respect. Yeah, I like that a lot. And it's almost to the point of, Maybe extreme adherence to the rules isn't always best. Maybe there, maybe uniformity isn't always the best. Maybe you need to allow some individuality in these settings or in these in, in these procedures. Because if you're a, if you can do that with a con officer who is flying a starship, you should be able to do that with a, a pilot in a fighter or something like that. Yeah, and we have the nice parallel also with Taylan and her story, also making it work, and then. Not her sacrifice, but her ability to help make the block so that Travis can go in for the killer shot there, working together. It's her who really demonstrates how well this is going to work. Yes. Essentially. Because I don't know, when I think the Andorians, they, they kind of want to be the star of the show. So her ability to, to kind of take one for the team in a way, rather than being the one who makes the fire, she's the one who makes the block. That says a lot too. And then I kind of want to see the, an end scene where... Travis and Taylon, they're going back to their respective ships mm -hmm. and they meet up with one another. And they have just this really short conversation. Maybe Travis says, wow, thanks for what you did out there. You know, that really helped put us in a good position to win the fight. And she said, hey, good shooting out there. And <laughs> yeah. so you have that nice wave of optimism, like, hey, it's all going to work out. This is fantastic, even though they're in a war. <laughs> but yeah. No, it gives, a, it gives a renewed sense of cooperation, companionship, and yeah. it just... It gives a glimmer of hope where it's like, yeah, if we can work together, maybe we can win this war. Absolutely. So I feel like that is a really beautiful Star Trek note to go off on. And we have ourselves an episode of Enterprise. Now, what do we name it? That is always the big $10,000 question, is it not? Do we focus on the cooperation angle, the fighter angle, the adjustment angle? Is it uh, exchange or something like that? I don't know. We could focus on any one of those things, but I feel like maybe the most important aspects of this story are the exchange and then the parallel storytelling. Yes. The editor in me is thinking of like every single time, like I get in front of an edit bay, whether it's audio or video and another editor was there, you always load your own personal settings. So mm. what if that was the name of the episode is personal settings or something to that effect? I like the idea, but I feel like we need better wording. I agree. I agree. So what can we do with that? How about this? Personal adjustments. Uh, I, I, okay. I feel like you're on the right track. But for some reason, the word personal in a title is not working for me. I want to think of something different. I want to do the thing where you have your title, I have my title, and then we let the listeners vote on the winner. Okay, so mine is personal adjustment. Uh, what is yours? You know, I'm going to go on the same theme as you, 
but I'm going to do the very Star Trek thing of paring it down to one word, and that is modification. <laughs> uh, I think we all know who's going to win. We'll see. We're going to leave that up to you, listeners. Speak your minds. So what you can do is you can go to uh, thenerdparty.com slash punch it, and you can leave a comment in the comment section of this episode. Episode 7. Episode 7. Or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find me at the Insane Robin. You can find me at Oh the Profanity. And over the course of this week, between this episode dropping and the next one, we'll tally up the votes and we'll see if we've got a winner. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and please make sure to subscribe. As always, please go to thenerdparty.com for all the information that you could ever possibly need on the network. And uh, next week, I have no idea what we're going to do, but I can tell you what we are going to do. That's right. We are always going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.